Some of the trending hot comic books this week caused some speculation that's already dead upon arrival. Let's get into it. Hit the like, slap the subscribe button. You know we're going to be here every seven days for the comic fam, like we've been doing for five years, covering the trending most comic books of the week. And we want to give a big shout out to Q-Man Comics over in Texas. They are rocking this beautiful shirt, expensive paper, which in case you have not heard before, Tom says about every 30 seconds or so, we just got a new supply of our t-shirts back online. Comic Tom 101. Dot store. Shout out to the Q-Man team for rocking our expensive paper shirts on that Texas convention floor. And at the list, at number 10, DC Comics is currently putting out one of their best event in years. At number 10, we're talking about Night Terror's Ravager, issue number two. This is the 1 in 25 ratio variant done by Natalie Sanders, and it's hitting about $45 averages online already. Pretty much all the Night Terror variants have been exceptional, especially this one. Natalie Sanders killing it brand new this week. No surprise. However, I do think it is a bit of a surprise how quality these books are. You have a villain, um, Insomnia, who is searching for the Nightmare Stone. And by doing that, he has to put everyone to sleep on Earth. So we're getting some really interesting narratives because we're getting the nightmares of characters at DC. A lot of supernatural vibes to these stories. But also, you have a Bruce Wayne who's down for the count, being controlled by Deadman, who is unaffected by the Nightmare. I've been reading probably like 90% of all of these Night Terrors books, and my favorite by far actually is Night Terrors The Joker by uh, Matthew Rosenberg, and it's it's just really, really good. You find out that Joker's worst nightmare is Batman accidentally killing himself, and then Joker has no reason to continue doing what he does, so he ends up getting a job at Wayne Enterprises trying to like sneak in the building and get all the money that way. But it doesn't work, and he just gets stuck in, like, corporate hell like the rest of us experience on a daily basis. You got to download Key Collector Comics, the best comic app in existence. Use Kotom 101. It unlocks a free two-week subscription of the app, and you support the show directly. But you need to see the other books that landed on the Trending 20, the larger list we source these 10 comic books from. Because this isn't the only incentive variant that is spiking this week. And the other one? I'm hunting for. It's an Incredible Hulk 340 homage by Christian Deuce. And that variant is for Night Terrors number three. That's the main Night Terror storyline, not one of the tie-ins like Ravager was. Number nine on the list, no surprise, but since San Diego Comic-Con buzz, we have Invincible number two. This is a multiple first appearance key comic book, but the big one, you got Adam Eve. After we got that surprise Adam Eve origin standalone episode over on Amazon Prime during San Diego Comic-Con, it makes sense to see her first appearance in Invincible 2 hit the list. There's also six total first appearances in this issue, including characters like Alan the Alien and Robot. We also get the origin of Omni-Man in here. We're seeing $150 average sales for this book with a recent CGC 9.8 in July of $430. It hit 359 at a 9.6 earlier this month. Considering that the heights that a 9.6 hit was 475, a $100 difference at the 9.6, when you compare that to the 9.8 near $400 difference, this book is down and is prime for speculation now. We got the season two trailer at San Diego. They did so many drops. Skybound held it down, making some of the best variants of the convention floor. I think the success of all those variants with the trailer and the Amazon surprise has propelled Invincible back up to the charts. I got so excited about number eight on the list. Nova number one. We're seeing $130 average sales. 9.8s hitting $15.50. Heights were reached around the $3,000 marker back in 2022 because Nova's been up and down in regards to spec because we know that Kevin Feige loves his Nova. He's been talking about bringing him to the screen for like five years. We did get word back in 2022 that there was a Nova project in active development. 
But who knows where they're at with that, especially when you consider the writers and actors strike. So, yeah, obviously this book has the origin and first appearance of Richard Ryder, Nova. And we're seeing a 213% increase in copies sold this week because we had rumors that Jensen Ackles from Supernatural and The Boys would be playing Nova. However, those rumors have been debunked. So this book spiked up really quick for, I think, a fantastic reason. Seeing Jensen Ackles, you know, Dean, it would be amazing. He's one of my favorite superhero slash just action actors right now. Seeing him portray Soldier Boy on the screen on Amazon has me all in on whoever they get him to play. He's going to do something at Marvel or DC or possibly both. And I say both because the spec moved from Nova to Batman. We heard rumors a couple months ago, I believe, that he was approached to play Batman in The Brave and the Bold with James Gunn's new DC universe. I don't know if that's actually true or not, but he did address it and say, like, even if I was, I couldn't say it, but I think I could do it and I would like to. So... Who knows? And people are engaging in, uh, my opinion, a little bit of wishful thinking and saying maybe he's not doing Nova because he's already signed on to play Batman. Since we last chatted about this back May 15th of this year, there have been an increase of 128 copies added to the census, seven of which were graded at 9.8 and 16 of which were graded at a 9.6. Yeah, we talked about this back in May because that was when the Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy wrapped up. And I think comic fans were wondering where the cosmic side specifically of the MCU would go next. And since Kevin Feige has been so vocal about wanting to do a Nova project, regardless of whether or not Jensen Ackles ends up playing the role, it's probably a safe bet. And I am so shocked to see Daredevil spec happening this week, especially on number seven on the list. But before we get to that, you got two days left to join the August mystery mail call. And we have a banger month. The box is only $35 and I got one per box. Boys, number two. This is a triple key. First Kamiko, Frenchie, and Mother's Milk. Ben Templesmith, Action Comics, Neil Adams homage to issue number 419. And I have a surprise variant. This is only going out to like a third of the boxes. I have more surprises, so stay tuned. But we have a Red Sonja number one, Osh Red variant. This right here has three different treatments. Very low print. And I got to give a big shout out to Comic Exposure for this team up. I have one more one per box variant to show you guys. This is ASM issue number 29 with artwork done by Davide Peritore. Just look at it. It's gorgeous. We dropped this at San Diego Comic-Con this past year. We have one per box going out. You're going to love this trade dress. Everyone gets that book, but not everybody will get this book. This is a special little drop that uh, Tom just handed to me I've never seen before. This is TMNT Stranger Things, a crossover series. Issue number one, we've only got a few hundred of these going out, so uh, keep your eye open and sign up for the box because the deadline is like in a day or two. Shout out to Joel's Art Collectibles for that team up and PJ who did the cover art on that low print 1500 virgin variant. Number seven on the list, Daredevil spec that I never thought I would see. I didn't think I would see this either. I'm not sure what sort of Daredevil show they're cooking up over there at Disney Plus for us. It sounds really dark. It kinda, I like what they're doing, dude. It kind of sounds like it might be darker than the Netflix version, which doesn't make any sense to me. We're talking about Daredevil 126. This was from 1975, and it's a double key. You got the first appearance of the second Torpedo, everyone's favorite Marvel villain, and the first appearance of Heather Glenn, which was a girlfriend of Matt Murdock. That is the reason this book is on the list. $18 average sales, 320% increase in copies sold. This book in high grade hasn't really sold very often. I mean, the 9.6 sold for $62 back in April before the spec even pointed in this direction. And I want to remind everybody about the last spec rumors that were circulating in regards to a villain that is so violent, so mature, that thinking it's going to head up on Disney Plus has me worried about the Ninos, but I also like the direction they're going. 
Tom's talking about the Muse, the Daredevil villain created in 2016 by Charles Soule. He first appears in Daredevil 11. His first cover appearance was on Daredevil 14. Very dark character who creates artwork using the dead bodies of his victims, which, uh, again, that sounds a little too harsh for Disney, but I, I want to see it. I want to see somebody that dark on the show, so I'm excited. At this point, it doesn't look like we're going to get Karen Page reprising her role, you know, Deborah Ann Wool, shout out True Blood. They have to incorporate some type of romantic interest in this narrative. It's just such a tragic one from the comics that I'm shocked to see that it's even on the table it's got me motivated to watch Daredevil. It makes me feel like they're trying to replicate what was successful over at Netflix, a more mature take on a serious superhero role. It's been interesting watching the casting process for Daredevil Born Again. They're pulling a lot of actors and actresses back from the original run of the show on Netflix. Of course, Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio. They're bringing back John Bernthal as the Punisher. We haven't had any word of Foggy Nelson and Karen Page, like Tom was talking about earlier. And back in December, we got two actresses joining the cast, Sandrine Holt and Margarita Levieva. Sandrine Holt has since been confirmed to be playing Vanessa Fisk, who is replacing the original actress who played her on Netflix, and Margarita Levieva has not been confirmed who she's going to be playing. The rumor is that she will be playing Heather Glenn, Matt Murdock's girlfriend from this issue. Causing a 320% increase in copies sold week over week, and now we're looking at the list at number six with Amazing Spider-Man number 31, seeing $10 average sales, and this was a beefy book with a lot of things that are going for it. So much is happening. We're seeing so many transitional moments in this run, and it all begins here. You may be wondering, why is there a $10 cover price on Amazing Spider-Man number 31? That's not an anniversary issue or anything, but you forget that there's a legacy number. It's actually issue number 925, which so, I guess is a big enough deal to justify shoving all this stuff in there and charging $10 for it. So let's make this clear. In 19 issues, there's going to be issue 50 with this sequential numbering. But if you go by legacy numbering, that's going to be issue 944. So that means that in a little six issues, there's going to be another opportunity to do an anniversary issue on 950. And you know they're going to do it again when it hits 1,000. But that's actually justified. That deserves it. I would say, you know, maybe they used to do it only every 100 issues or so. But now it's every 25 issues, apparently, plus the new sequential. It's, it's a mess. They're it's getting mess. two for one now. And we're, we're buying it because everybody buys Spider-Man stuff. But you can't not buy it because it's issue 31. There's a lot of plot stuff in here in regards to the current ongoing storyline with Robbie and Randy Robertson, who's getting married to Janice Lincoln, the Beatle, a supervillain. Spider-Man's roommate is marrying a villain, and there's a wedding that happens, and it gets shot up by some gangsters because, of course, it does. It's a Marvel wedding, and all this other stuff is shoved into the backside of this issue, too. Don't forget about Spider-Boy lining him up for his own title, and then we also have Black Cat providing Mary Jane her first costume and now taking on that, you hit the jackpot, Tiger, jackpot superhero name. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that name. Her costume looks a little silly. They don't even really explain what her powers are. There's just like a one-shot image of her in costume. It looks like she has some kind of dazzler light powers. Does I don't it know matter? I'm excited. I'll check it out. It's going to be in the Spider-Man run anyway, I'm sure. But don't forget about Doc Ock. Yeah, there was also a sequence in here setting up Doc Ock's returning to the body of Peter Parker in Superior Spider-Man that Dan Slott's bringing back. I did like there was a, um, a sequence in here with uh, Spider-Man and Ms. Marvel. Because she's already brought back to life. It was a powerful moment between Peter Parker and Kamala Khan that everyone needs to experience for themselves. I will not spoil it, but it has major repercussions long term. It's a new book this week. It's a big book. You can probably still find it at your LCS. It's a $10 cover price, and that's about what it's reselling for. Go check it out. We got to get on the number five on the list. This is all new Wolverine issue number two from 2016. 
$50 average sales, $115 for a CGC 9.8. The heights this book reached was back in 2021 for $280. It's the first appearance of Gabby, who's a clone of X-23. There is spec pointing towards multiple versions of Wolverine in the MCU because we're getting a reprisal of the role of Hugh Jackman, who will be portraying his likely last time as Logan. And we have been saying there are three options, really, what they can do with our Wolverine in the MCU. And I think I have discovered a fourth, which is why this book is spiking on the list. Even though my personal preference would be for them to just recast it altogether, get us all brand new X-Men, that is one option. One option is for them to just pick a new person to play Logan and Wolverine in the future. Seems a little unlikely, but that is an option. Next option, introduce one of his kids. He's got so many kids running around like Dakin, Dokken, Dokken, whatever the heck his name is. That guy could be a good contender for another version of Wolverine. The other option is to use X-23. Yeah, X-23 has already been on the screen. We know that this character can lead their own franchise. But here's the fourth option. What if they combat the loss of who was one of the best portrayals in live action of any superhero on the screen by not gambling on one actor, by gambling on multiple actors? Maybe we're getting them all. I don't want that to be the case, but from a studio perspective, that's the safest bet, I feel like. You know, just throw in, especially in this multiverse era that we're in, just throw in several different Wolverines and let the fan base just choose the one they like the most and... That one carries on moving forward. An increase of 433% on a book that's spiking because of an association to another character that's being specced on who has an association with Logan. You got to look at all the characters. The comic fam is. Yeah, there's a lot of Wolverines out there. There's actually a lot of Deadpools out there, too. And that brings us to number four, where Deadpool Merc with a Mouth, issue number seven from 2010. We last talked about this book two weeks ago at Hero House at San Diego because there were rumors then and there are rumors still that Taylor Swift will be playing Lady Deadpool in the upcoming Deadpool 3 film. She's also on a crazy, crazy concert tour around the world right now, and everybody is kind of feeling Taylor fever, Swifties. I don't, I don't know. I'm not the target demographic for Taylor Swift, but Rob Liefeld is, apparently. It was really funny because Rob actually posted the picture of Taylor Swift in the Deadpool costume because she dressed up as Deadpool. She's a big fan from years ago and also friends with Ryan Reynolds. And he said, are you ready for this? So, of course, the comic fan went nuts because there's been spec on Taylor Swift for weeks now. But Rob Liefeld followed up that post with him actually at concert with his kids enjoying it. But does he know something that we don't? He has definitely said that he's been previewed to way more information than most people get in regards to this what is going to be a blockbuster hit. Yeah, we've reported multiple times on how he said, like, you're not ready. I'm going to circle back after the movie's out and watch your words. He said a lot of hints, you know, about what's coming. We're not ready for some of the surprises in here. So maybe he does know something or he could just be uh, teasing us, which uh, either way, I think it's a it's a cool move. And it was bound to put this book on some kind of list at some point. $85 average sales, $325 for a recent CGC 9.8. This is an increase of copies sold all because of Rob Liefeld of 140% in copies sold. Number three on the list gives me hope about more comic readers just waiting to be born, they just got to be hit with some damn good comic stories. Yeah, we talked earlier in this video about how I grew interested in comics seeing uh, Blackest Night on shelves. And I think back in the day, you might have had event comics like that draw people in. I think in this era, we're seeing social media and TikTok bring people into comics. We're talking about Spider-Man Reign, number one, from 2007, which was a pretty controversial issue that was recently highlighted online. 
And that drove enough sales of this book to pop it all the way up into the top three of the trending 10. There's a bunch of like TikTokers out there just like discovering awesome and provocative narratives in comics and doing a quick little 50 second shout out. And then people get introduced to a run that came out in 2007 that was recalled, by the way, because of uh, Peter Parker's web shooter being visible in panel. We're talking penis. Yeah, Peter Parker's pee-pee uh, is making the list. <laughs> His noodle. Uh, yeah, it reminds me of Batman Damned. We talked about that a few years ago. Uh, that was a much more <laughs> detailed rendition more of robust. the male anatomy of that, too. Yeah, Libra Mayhos, you know, <laughs> he pulls no punches. But that book was also recalled and reprinted with a little more shadow. <laughs> it's a weird time. <laughs> it's a weird time, but it's hitting $12 average sales, $120 for a CGC 9.8. This is the narrative that Peter Parker accidentally kills his love, Mary Jane, because of his radioactive sperm. This is driving an 875% increase in copies sold this week, which is a monster increase. And it reminds me, again, of other recent social media TikTok posts of certain comics we've talked about in the recent past. Books like Ruins, which showed a post-apocalyptic Really, really dark interpretation of the Marvel Universe. We also recently saw Marvel Fanfare number 40 hit the list because it was covered on Cartoonist Kayfabe by Ed Pisker and Jim Rugg. All it took was going over a comic book that you can get in dollar bins on camera, and it spiked it on up. The more people know about comics, the more they like them. It's just because there's so much to go through and so much to learn that it becomes a daunting process and people don't take the time. But when you can get hit with a very short video... Well, that's all it took. Let us know what you think in the comment section below while we talk about number two on the list with Marvel superheroes, Secret Wars issue number seven. This is the first appearance of Julia Carpenter, which is why it's spiking right now. The spec is pointing towards it, which is why it's hitting $20 average sales and a low 230 for a CGC 9.8. That's this month. The heights this book reached was $618 back in 2020, but for completely different spec. This is when the rumors about She-Hulk began, and this is a double key. Not only is it a Spider-Woman key, it's a Titania key. First time that she battles She-Hulk. And that is why that book was so expensive then. But now it's because of a movie that is already filmed that is in, you know, release limbo. Yeah, I'm not sure about the Madam Web movie. It's originally scheduled for a February 2024 release. I don't think it's been pushed back or delayed, but it probably will considering uh, how Sony has been readjusting their schedule. If it is already filmed, though, they might actually want to save it and hold on to it and release it because, you know, they're not making movies right now. So it's it's already in the can. We knew that Sydney Sweeney was going to be in the movie, but over the last week, it was confirmed that she's going to portray Julia Carpenter, which is now officially making this great spec, an increase of 242 percent in copies sold week over week. Sony is definitely doing some weird stuff with their Marvel properties. Uh, they're a little all over the board, which uh, is weird, but I kind of I kind of like it. I don't know. They're trying new stuff. Like, we just had Morbius last year, and that movie, I still haven't seen it, but it was not good, according to everybody I've talked to. It was a pretty big flop. But then we also had uh, the Spider-Verse movies. Sony's responsible for the animated Spider-Verse films, which are some of my favorite superhero movies I've ever seen. So they're, they're definitely doing all sorts of stuff. And then we got the trailer for Kraven recently, which it looks bonkers you got people's noses getting bitten off and and rhino actually transforming and becoming a different version of the character than we've seen in comic books or movies before so and then we got madam webb here which is supposedly going to be like a thriller they're saying i don't know exactly how much like web slinging action superhero stuff is going to be in this movie i'm a little nervous about madam webb but i think it has the potential to be something really special and that brings us to number one, the number one most trending book of the week. We need your support, comic fam. Can you please hit the like button? And if you're new to the channel, I looked up our analytics. Between 40 and 50% of all of our viewers, every single video, are not subscribed. What's up with that? I don't know. I guess you just don't like us. 
You're here. You're watching the whole video. You're all the way at number one on the list, but you don't hit subscribe. You're gonna remember to come back here next week. Just let the let the algorithm do the work for you. Hit the button. The number one most trending book of the week that potentially killed spec that's been on fire. New X Men. One fourteen. What? I'm not 100% sold on this theory Tom's cooking up over here. He's going to get into it in a little bit. But this issue is the first issue in Grant Morrison's run on New X-Men, which is a legendary modern run on X-Men. It's also the first appearance of Cassandra Nova. $5 average sales, $300 for a CGC 9.8, which is really what it's been worth for quite a while because it's such a respected run. And a 317% increase after rumors started circulating that this is going to be the lead villain of Deadpool 3. Now, we have... And a battle between Logan and Deadpool. We know that's going to happen. But we also have like a reprisal of a ton of characters. And the spec until this point was, oh, it's got to be a Deadpool versus everyone type of narrative. And it spiked up. Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe for good reason. But seeing Cassandra Nova as the right now prime candidate, an OP mutant, by the way. You know, she's like the opposite of, but still powerful as Charles Xavier. Someone who's like, godlike in the comic books as a villain making me think that they're going to be going less of the deadpool two ending route just him killing everybody and maybe more of a recruiting route to fight off a foe that's more grand than anyone in the movie that's a fair theory and the rumors are this week that emma corin the actress uh, attached to this movie playing a mystery role will be playing Cassandra Nova. There are quite a few people attached to this movie who we don't know who they're going to be playing. My personal favorite of those is Matthew McFadden, my boy Tom Wamsgans from Succession. He's attached to this movie. I'm very excited to see him. No idea who he's going to be playing either. I got to hear from the community in the comment section below because Ryan doesn't agree with me, but I think that this right here just made the Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe issue number one spec so wobbly. It's the flip of a coin now. We do not know what we're going to get, but the insiders who are rumoring this, they have a good track record. I got to know your thoughts, and as always, eat responsibly. Enough said.